Hello everybody and welcome back to Battlefield. I hope everyone's been really good. Um, I know that there's been some crazy stuff going on in my life as well as, you know, trying to figure a lot of things out. Being that, you know, I have a three-year-old who's going to be starting preschool next month and I'm trying to get all my ducks in a row and uh, being able to make sure, can, you know, I can be able to you know, give him everything he needs when he goes to school. So, and not only that, being seven months pregnant with my second one, it is a joy. So, um, this morning we're going to talk about, you know, guys, we talked, okay, so last night we talked about how to sleep with a firefighter, okay? And, you know, we talked about how as a spouse when you sleep with your firefighter, um, Especially if they're volunteer and they're not on full-time paid hours. You are you get the pleasure of hearing all those bells and whistles and you getting woken up in the middle of the night. Um, but what happens when a spouse has to sleep alone? You know, especially when they are on, on full-time and uh, they have to, you know, and their spouse is at the station, their 24-hour shift. It can be scary. It can be really scary because if you're not used to it or you're just getting used to it, you're not going to sleep with a crap. Knowing that your firefighter is at the station wondering what's happening every hour, maybe. I'm just saying I, it's, this is probably isn't you because if you've been with a firefighter for years and you have a schedule and, you know, they call you. To tell you, hey, I'm okay, or hey, we had a call, but I want you to know I'm back to the station safe. Great, that's that's kind of, that's actually really good to have. Um, but there can be a lot of issues, developmental sleep issues, with the spouse when it comes to sleeping alone. Okay, um, there can be. I don't want to say. Night terrors, because not a lot of people have experienced what night terrors are, what they truly can be. Um, a lot of people only know the definition. Um, it's pretty much a parasomnia disorder, or as, you know, it's, it's a regular sleep disorder. Which a person quickly awakens from sleep in a terrified state. Um, person, these, this, like, people can see things that aren't really there. Um, they really... They occur within the first few hours after falling asleep. Sorry, that's my son. He's playing with uh, a piggy bank <clears throat> that we got him. So it's pretty loud. Please ignore it as best you can. <laughs> so, especially you know if you're if you've gone through a trauma in your life, and as a spouse, I'm talking not as a firefighter. If talking about that you've gone through a trauma in your life and your spouse is nowhere in the house. And not to mention if you have kids. And so therefore, you're the protector of the whole house. Until your firefighter gets home from the 24-hour shift. You are responsible for your family as for yourself. And it's terrifying. It can be terrifying. I'm going to tell you from a standpoint of a mom. When I first became a mom... Uh, I was worried 24-7 about our son. And he was in his bassinet 
right by me at night, but I always woke up to make sure he was breathing. Because what terrified me and still terrifies me till this day is the SIDS, you know, sudden infant death. So I wake up to check on him. It seems like when he would not wake up to feed, I would be waking up to check on him. That was me, I wouldn't say from from traumatized, but it would be the terror of thinking about it. And then when your brain is thinking about something before you go to bed, you're most likely to have a dream about it and wake up from it. Okay? And kind of just staying awake for at least a couple more hours in the middle of the night. It's stupid. So, <laughs> yeah. So, it, I've also had like nightmares about my husband dying in a fire. Um Sorry to take a drink of my coffee real quick. Like it's almost hard to explain because it's hard to talk about still a little bit for me. Um, okay, so there was this one dream I had. I woke up crying, okay? I woke up crying, and it was a dream about how the captains came to my door, and they had their hats off, and they said, we're sorry to inform you that your husband has passed away while on duty. And then they walk away into this blackness. You couldn't even see the streets. Like my house was floating just in thin freaking dark air. Okay. And then, you know, I'm, I start falling on my knees, but that falling on my knees felt like I was falling forever. And then I wake up, I jolt myself out of my sleep and I'm breathing really hard. I'm hyperventilating and, you know, I'm kind of sweating, but I, I start crying physically in real life. It's amazing how our bodies can react to something and physically when we come back to reality and out of our dream state. It's just so, it's so weird how our bodies can react because have you ever woken up like with pain? Like you, in your dream, you feel it as a numbness, but you wake up and you're actually laying on your freaking arm and you're like, ow, that freaking hurts. Yeah. See, it's, it's our nervous system reacting to our dream state. So I wake up, and that's not even the really the worst part, you guys. My husband is gone. He's not beside me. Oh, crap. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm trying not to panic. But it's poking at me because I just got out of this dream about my husband dying. And he's not beside me. He's gone. The sheets have been pulled down like he was in a hurry. Um, his pager's gone, which I notice. So I figure, okay, maybe he's out of call. But of course, then I'm like, well, I wonder what kind of call it was. Was it a fire? Was it a wreck on the interstate? Was it a rescue call? Meaning, was it somebody who could not breathe? All, or, you know, who split their head open, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's many different rescue calls. I'm not going to go through a whole list of them, but, you know. 
at that point, you know, I just tried to keep calm because I still had a baby, but not in my room exactly. It he was still tech, he was getting used to his own room at that point, and I was scared. So I went ahead and got up, checked on my son, and you know, kind of paced around the the kitchen. Um, I thought about drinking coffee, but I didn't know if I really wanted to. I was just kind of full adrenaline enough with the whole dream. And then all of a sudden my husband's not there whatsoever in the room with me. Um, you know, so I text him. I said, I know he's, I told myself, I know he's probably busy or at this moment and he can't text me back, which they will not until they're done, by the way. Um, and I waited and waited, which felt this night felt like it was never going to end. I felt like the night, I felt like it, I was never going to see the sun. That's how upset I was. That's how full of anxiety I was. And all I wanted was for my husband to text me back or at least call me and tell me he was alive. I kept Every time I heard a noise, the house settling, I would think, oh, my husband's home. Or, you know, I'd be watching the door and hoping to see his face and not someone different. So, it's very, um, it's one of those things where you can't, like, you can't really, well, you can. You can get used to, but at the same time, you're always going to have that little voice in the back of your mind or, you know, that little fear. Because let's face it, we're human. And we need to, but we just need to learn how to valid, validate and be aware of our feelings. And how, you know, we perceive things. I, it, mine was just bad timing. Let's put it that way. It was just bad timing. Okay. I mean, still technically being a new mom who doesn't even have a one-year-old yet, uh, at that time and, you know, struggling to even get any sleep because she's still worried about her son. And then all of a sudden her husband's gone after she has a dream about her husband dying. Like, it's just, it's just one of those things where. I had to actually talk to talk to my husband about. I and you know even though a lot a lot of them think it's stupid a lot of them do because they're like, well, we have the right training, we know what we're doing, blah blah. But it's like I don't think they realize the actual effect it takes on the spouses. How it actually affects us in any in many ways because a lot of spouses who are stay-at-home moms do depend, or, or stay-at-home dads, depend on the person who's working so they can live at home, raise their kids. And I'm not saying that you're not independent if you are at home. I'm just saying that if you've gotten used to that lifestyle after working so many years of your life, which I have, like it was hard for me at first to even get used to the stay-at-home life after working since I was 15 years old or 16. No, I think it was 16. Anyway, whatever. I've, I got used to working since I was 16 years old. And 
being in, you know, learning how to be a stay-at-home mom, I've had to drop a little bit of my pride, my independent woman pride, and I had to realize that my husband was going to be the main breadwinner. Now, does that mean I'm I'm dependent completely? Well, fuck no, I'm not. Are you fucking kidding me? If if some women live that life even now, great. More power to you, but if I have to work again, I'm going to do it. If I but things I'm writing my books and I get paid for them. Um I you know, it's even Okay, let me say this real quick. Excuse me. Ooh, coffee. Just make... Why? Why does this happen? Every time I do a podcast, I'm drinking coffee. I got to belch. I'm so sorry. Excuse the shit out of me. Um, anyway. <laughs> OnlyFans, right? Squirrel moment. Great. If you want to make money off of OnlyFans, at least you're making something. At least you're making something. But at the same time... I know how it's been lately with that uh, website. Um, now, I'm not saying that it's demeaning too much because I'm, I'm a woman of empowerment. I used to be a pure romance consultant. I had to drop that because, you know, I'm, I'm only two months away from having this one. And it would be too much on my plate. But it's like, you know, it's a double-edged sword, Right? As long as there's no creeps trying to assault you, I guess, and or trying to find you where you live, when you do put that stuff on there that you get paid for, then great. Awesome. But, you know, just be careful how you do things. But other than that, back to if you want to be a stay-at-home mom and be completely dependent, be my guest. But I, for one... I'm not going to be the woman who's going to be completely dependent on her husband because, first of all, I've seen my mom go through a divorce, but she became very so independent. I wanted to be just like that. I wanted to be independent. I don't like a man telling you what to fucking do, but I will do something because I respect and love him. I will not do it because he's manipulating, controlling asshole. Now... Let's get out of this because then now it's turning into a relationship podcast and that's not what this is about. What I'm trying to say is, is that it's scary because if if your spouse were to die in a fire who makes the main money, it's going to be scary for you because you do have a little bit of that dependency, you know. And then you got to deal with someone whose death, which I hope is covered by the fire insurance, by the way, slash life insurance, because they do have that, by the way. Um, I just want to tell you that right now. They do have insurance for firefighters, okay? So if they die on the job, you're good to go to cover funeral expenses at least. Or at least grab a plan that's going to cover everything and will help you you know, with your living situation in the future until you can find, you know, a job yourself or 
blah, blah, blah. So that's what I'm trying to say. So yes, it is really scary. It scares me because there are times where I think about it. I'm like, well, technically I don't have a nine to five job. And if he dies, um, I'm going to be a wreck because I got to pay a mortgage. Our house isn't even paid off yet. Um, I got to pay all these bills with that mortgage, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's very, so sleeping alone and thinking about what can happen, you know, it's very upsetting. Now, if you're a firefighter still volunteer and you hear the pager and you get to hear the full on length story, what's going on and you know where he's going, he or she is going. Oh, perfect. So let me tell you, that's the easy thing. That's actually pretty easy. You know, that's actually going to be easier than knowing where they're at on their 24 hour shift, by the way. Because they, they have to take the pager with them. They can't just leave it at home. Because if they leave it at home, it's kind of unfair. Because then you're waking up constantly to something that they're not there to turn off. And you're like, well, take the pager with you. So. That. And a, and a lot of you are probably like, well, no offense. Can, can you, like, actually give us a solution? Yeah, here's a solution. Okay. Um, well, first of all. <laughs> If you suck at sleeping anyway, take a natural sleep aid or whatever is recommended by the doctor. Um, don't eat heavy meals right before you go to bed. Calm yourself with meditation and exercise if you, if you have time. And try to give yourself mantras or whatever by keep telling yourself, hey... My spouse has good training. They will be home. They know what they're doing. They will come back home to me. Um, and also, you know, yes, there's a lot of trust you're actually putting in your partner. You are putting in a lot of trust that they have their head on right and that they will listen and communicate with their captain or whoever is calling the shots at the scene before they do anything stupid, okay? Or anything at all that would cause them to die. So I guess one of the other solutions is so much trust in making sure, like, you got to trust them because if you're not the person... Like, if you're, if you've never had this experience, you've got to try your best to just put your full trust in what these people can do, okay? And what they're capable of and what they can handle. Unfortunately, I know that doesn't sound like the best solution, but I've had to overcome a lot of fear because I realized it was holding me back and it was, it made me feel like I was holding my husband back because I kept telling him, I don't want you to go to this one or turn off your pager. I literally told him to turn off his pager, you guys, because I was just so ups I, I would used to get so scared and I would even tell him not to even go to the station to volunteer for events because I was scared he was going to get a call and then he'd just be gone from that event and then not come home for the longest time. Um, you know, I used to be... Just a little bit nuts because I didn't want to lose him. But I, you got to learn to let go, let go a little bit because 
as adults, especially adults who go out there and train and put their time in and their credits in, you gotta give them just a little, you know, a little bit of space or at least, or more. You just gotta give them something that, and it's gonna be hard because you're gonna be a little fearful of doing it or fearful at all. It's gonna suck a little bit. It sucked for me. There were many sleepless nights when I when I was learning to let go. But my husband will text me or always come back home. If he was hurt, I'm the first to know. He made he made it he made sure I would always be the first to know something happened to him. We both have life insurance. Okay? Even when, he, if he were to be at a scene, he has insurance. If he something were to happen to him on a scene, he was close to death at one point, but not from a fire because freaking black ice on the road. While he was going to a call on the interstate, he clipped a semi. Thankfully, it was only the very corner of his car. It spun him around and he stopped before he can go into a ditch. I can't tell you how many times my husband has gotten lucky from dying. And it's just so weird because a lot of people who completely can get their car smashed almost flat and somehow live like you must be one lucky son of a fucking bitch because that should kill you. Okay. And my husband got lucky. Okay. And that was just going to a call, guys. That was going to a call. That wasn't at a call. That was going to a call in the dead of fucking winter. And let me and see, even that's dangerous. Cause they drive those big tank trucks to get the water where they need to. And it can be some scary shit out there. So But you know, that's where you gotta put your trust a little bit in 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 the universe and be like, or God, whoever you want to believe in and let everything take course. And it's not easy because yeah, you're like I said, I still have a tiny bit of fear. I always do because I stay vigilant. Every time I hear my husband's pager go off, I stay vigilant and knowing where he's going, how big the fire is or how, you know, how big the scene is. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to like telepathically tell him without saying words. All right, you're going to this big of fire. Please don't be stupid. Okay. Uh, don't be stupid. I'll see you at home. Um, other than that, there's no, you can't exactly fix it. There's no way of fixing it. But you're going to get over, I want to go back to night terrors of the fact that of stuff like that, it's it's a learned process. Okay, you're gonna have to teach yourself and get help. A counselor, this book I have in my hand about the challenges of firefighter marriage. Seek advice because that's the only way you're gonna start to, you know, already get over the fear. Okay, or should I say, at least be able to sleep at night. Because 
No matter what, you're going to have to sleep alone here and there. You're going to have to. I'm sorry, whether they're volunteer or not. You're going to have to sleep alone. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to put your trust in them. You're going to have to communicate. It's all a learned process. And I know, and then you're like, oh my gosh, this podcast was completely, you know, not good on advice. Well, technically I am giving you good advice. It's whether you want to activate it into your life style because you if you have a firefighter in your life okay it all has to be you I hate how people these days are looking for advice and all of a sudden they just think that the person who's giving the advice is going to fix it all um no you have to take that advice and you have to actually put it into action sorry to break the news um that's just how it is Okay, yes, it's kind of like, yeah, you can go to a marriage counselor and they can give you good advice, but here's the deal. The counselor themselves isn't going to fix your marriage. Um, You have to take the advice the counselor gives you and you guys have to work, put to work into your marriage yourselves. So technically, there you go. I mean, there's something similar. All right, so, (laughs) sorry. I don't know why I try to do these in the mornings because I feel (laughs) being pregnant, mucusy and stuffed up, which sucks because, (laughs) you know, as you're growing a baby, they say your blood vessels open more and you do have more mucus production. I know that was gross. I'm very sorry, but guess what? Get used to it because it's life. And I really wish I could just not, you know, burp. When I'm drinking coffee, uh-huh. it always seems to happen when I'm doing a podcast. But anyway, I mean, I hope this actually did help though, because it's a serious thing because your sleep matters too. But at the same time, I get it. Many sleepless nights. I still get somewhat many sleepless nights when there's a pager going off and it sucks because I'm pregnant. I only got two months to technically try to relax and get some sleep, but at this point, I'm just kind of, you know, waiting, waiting it out when my three-year-old goes to preschool all day, by the way, woohoo, yay, mom celebrate, you know, then, then when he's at preschool, I can go ahead, lay my butt down on the bed, and I can take a nap, <laughs> and then, or clean the house, relax on the couch, watch my horror movies and whatever. But let me tell you something. I'm counting down the days he goes to school, but at the same time, I'm still sad because he's grown up and he'll be there all day and I don't know if I'll know what to do, to do with myself. So we'll see what happens. But I hope you guys have a great day. I'm sorry for all the sniffling and stuff and taking sips of my coffee and burping. I hope you forgive me for that again. But, <laughs> you know, our bodies, they do what they want apparently. So... Have a great day.